All right. And we're back. It's Bull Bear Radio. It's been a while since we cut uh, an episode, right, Don Schreiber? That's right, Matt. We're back. We're back. Yeah, in the you know, we've been busy, though. We've been having to manage money for, you know, folks here uh, remotely, which isn't too bad for us. And we've been up to a lot of other things, you know, launching uh, advisor sister robos and such. But uh, we really wanted to get back, uh, you know, get Don and, and, and I and uh, some of our other folks together here over the next uh, days and weeks uh, via Zoom meeting. So if we, we go in and out here, uh, sorry, uh, we're trying. Um, so Don, you know, let's talk a little bit about the markets, man. Markets look like they're mostly down, 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 down. Lots of red out there. You know, the uh, full stoppage of the U.S. economy and the other economies around the world are going to leave a mark, certainly uh, going to cause some real dislocations in the market have already done that. We think that those dislocations probably, um, uh, while they've been you know, pretty scary for most investors, they're not over. Uh, we're gonna still see, really, we're just starting to see the effect of what you know, putting a full stop on the economy looks like in the US with uh, both demand and supply dis- disruption. So you know, from an economic standpoint, you know, there's no comparison uh, other than uh, the Great Depression back in the 1929-30 period uh, through the 30s. You know, that was a time when both uh, uh, demand and supply were severely constricted worldwide. And we're kind of in the same situation uh, because of this uh, pandemic that we have. Yeah. You, you know, you think we've seen the bottom yet? No, I don't. I, I actually think that we're pretty long way from the bottom, you know, one of the analogies that I just made was the Great Depression. You know, market declines in the Great Depression when we had a, another pretty much full stop on the economy uh, in the U.S. and around the world. It, it rolled out. It took longer to essentially permeate around the world or percolate around the world than it is today. Every single major economy and even the emerging market economies are trying to essentially uh, shelter in place, quarantine, uh, populations so that they can slow the spread of this really deadly virus that we have. And um, we don't think that we're going to, you know, we're anywhere near the, the bottom because we haven't really seen uh, what the economic fallout looks like. I think it's going to be a lot worse than people are expecting and certainly uh, worse than people are hoping. So, you know, we were talking uh, a little earlier, you were saying that the carnage at the sector level is, is pretty severe. I'm, I'm showing for markets, depending on the market this year, you know, year to date, and this is through, you know, taping, but, uh, you know, Russell 3000 value that broader market down 24.99, Russell 2000 uh, down 37.62, large cap down 24, but some of the sectors really, you know, these are just broad market gauges. Some of the, the carnage underneath is, is insane. Is, am, I, am I right about that? Sure. You know, the energy sector obviously has been a very hard hit. Not only do we have, you know, a uh, slowdown in demand, but we've got excess supply. We've had excess supply for the last couple of years. And, you know, OPEC and uh, Russia, um, you know, OPEC plus, as they call it, um, have been trying to curtail production. Plus. 
U.S. shale producers have continued to, you know, pump. So uh, recently, you know, as of about four weeks ago, uh, Russia and uh, Saudi Arabia decided to get together and um, create an oil price war, basically lifting all restrictions on supply. Pump, uh, pump, pump. Pump, pump, pump. And, you know, it's really uh, affected price dramatically. We're down in the 20s uh, on uh, price of oil. We were at, you know, 50 to $60 a barrel just a month or a month and a half ago. So we've had a collapse in the energy side. The energy select um, uh, indexes, you know, for the, for the sector are down somewhere between 50 and 65% or so uh, from my last look. So, you know, those companies that are in the energy area have been severely affected. And again, that damage is probably not done quite yet. Um, with the world economy shuttered, you can't, I can't imagine how uh, the demand for oil is going to go up and the supply is going to be reduced. So I think that this is something that's going to stick around for a bit. So, so again, this points back to we, we're, we're not sure that the bottom, you know, for the markets is in yet, just because we, we, we haven't seen all the data. I mean, speak of data, I mean, 10 million Americans hit the unemployment line in just the last two weeks alone. Um, so is, is, you know, are these, you know, just the first that we're going to see of, of shocking numbers here that are, you know, unparalleled and, and more great depression like than, than we've ever seen before. Um, does that mean that, you know, the, the market carnage could continue here because of more bad news, more, more, uh, you know, virus cases and such? Sure. I, you know, I think that we're going to see uh, the, the, the 10 million uh, unemployed that we see so far is really not an accurate number. Um, we know from many of the states have uh, indicated last week that the demand on their um, computer networks and their, and their websites were so high that, you know, people were turned away who wanted to file for unemployment claims. So, you know, the, uh, kind of stunning number on uh, yesterday, on Thursday, uh, was 6.6 million uh, new um, folks applying for unemployment insurance is a fraction of probably what would have happened if, you know, they could have processed all the claims. We might, might have been at 10 million uh, for the week or 15 million for the week even. Um, and so we're already at a 10% unemployment rate with uh, 10 million. I think we could easily go to 30 um, or 40 million. Uh, some of the major economists are predicting 50 million unemployed, uh, and that's a pretty scary number. That's, you know, worse than the Great Depression. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that's, that's sounding, um, you know, rather grim. Thanks for that. Um... <laughs> There is no silver lining. I can tell you there is a silver lining. If you want to talk about some good things. Oh, uh, silver lining? Silver lining. What you, what you got for me? What you got for you know, me, Don Schreiber? Well, we're, we're, we're hopeful that the, uh, you know, the infectious rate uh, and death rates will slow down uh, about the end of April. At the same time, I think we're going to see the, the uh, Fed and the government essentially launching additional fiscal stimulus. One of the things that um, if folks, if you've been listening for the last, you know, three, four, five years, 
I've been talking about the desperate need that we have for fiscal stimulus in the United States to help the economy grow faster than the anemic growth rate of 2%. So one of the silver uh, linings that in this uh, uh, coronavirus crisis is that, you know, for the first time in 20 years, the government is acting as it should. We've got Congress actually doing their job, coming together to help the U.S. population in a time of crisis. And they put aside their differences and they're giving us some uh, fiscal stimulus, the first large $2 trillion fiscal stimulus platform that was just launched um, is really kind of a um, short-term cash influx into the economy, trying to give consumers more money, trying to extend unemployment benefits and increase unemployment benefits, which we think probably the unemployment benefit package uh, that they've uh, delivered on is, is the most powerful uh, part of this package and the one that's likely to get into consumers' hands quickly uh, to help with, you know, um, the folks that have been laid off, um, you know, the tens of millions of people who have been laid off. And we think that that's really critical. The small business um, payroll uh, paycheck program, where you can get uh, a couple of months, two and a half months of uh, a loan uh, payroll uh, support, um, looks to be, again, an, an, a nice package for small businesses that have been adversely affected. But unfortunately, the transmission facility, you know, the, the SBA, which is the agency, government agency that's supposed to uh, get this out, is, uh, you know, sorely understaffed. They do not have the appropriate uh, technology infrastructure on the uh, computer and the website side. Um, already, the whole system is basically stalled and crashed out. And the U.S. Wait a, Treasury... Wait a second. I thought you said silver linings. This isn't sounding so good to me right here. Well, you know, uh, the $2 trillion of fiscal stimulus is definitely a big step in the right direction. Well, It'll this help. is the way I, I would imagine that you also thought, as you've been saying for years, that, you know, we've, we're in a slow growth economy. To heal the wounds of the financial crisis, we need fiscal stimulus and infrastructure spend. But this isn't probably the way you thought we'd get there, right? Well, I, I think, you know, that's right, Matt. You know, a two-and-a-half-month payroll uh, support program is really not... Uh, a, a permanent fix. You know, capitalism survives and thrives based on the amount of capital that is permanently um, uh, committed to the system. And monetary policy that we've had uh, oodles and oodles of, you know, that the Fed has come to the economy's rescue uh, since 2009, you know, with this huge uh, fiscal stimulus, I'm sorry, uh, monetary policy stimulus which includes zero type interest rates where we're back now and quantitative easing where they buy bonds to create more liquidity in the system and keep interest rates low. It, that provides some temporary support in the system. Monetary policy cycles through the economy very quickly and it has only power or efficacy for about 18 months. And then you just have to redo it, which is what we're doing now. I think we're on uh, QE4, QE5 to infinity now because um, the uh, Fed and the Treasury has basically said we'll do whatever it takes to backstop the financial system, which, you know, was on shaky ground a week or so ago. Uh, we saw that in the Treasury markets. The whole world's financial system is um, 
you know, uh, essentially uh, grinding to a halt under this uh, weight of um, economic shutdown. But, you know, the Fed is supporting. We do have uh, these uh, different programs, but getting the money into the system very quickly, which looks like it's going to be a problem on the business, small business side, um, is going to make the program less effective because businesses may not be able to survive to get the pay, get, get the loans uh, unless they happen very, very quickly. And I know the government wants that to happen. We'll see if they can essentially pull off the miracle that they're trying to. The next f- fiscal stimulus package, which the administration, President Trump and uh, Congress are working very quickly with uh, Secretary Mnuchin, who I think is doing an outstanding job, is a $2 trillion plus pr- package that will give us that permanent fiscal stimulus for infrastructure, building uh, you know, roads and rebuilding the roads and the tunnels, transportation systems, electric and power systems in the United States, uh, much less the uh, cybersecurity and technology infrastructure in the United States to keep us safe from cyber crime and cyber terrorism. Uh, these things are all needed. I think that the first, this next $2 trillion package will be a really good start. And I think it's probably just first. I think we might get up to about $10 trillion of total fiscal stimulus on top of the um, monetary policy stimulus that the uh, government has uh, thrown out there. So if we do get this kind of fiscal stimulus, which again, I've been waiting for for about 10 years, Ben Bernanke was telling, you know, the uh, Federal Reserve Chairman uh, back in the 2009, 10, 11 uh, period, you know, Congress that monetary policy, you know, wouldn't get the job done unless we got fiscal stimulus. And because of the uh, mess in Congress, we never got it, but now we do. And I think that we could see the economy once it gets uh, going again, probably in late this year and 2021 and thereafter, we could get normalized, uh, return to normalized growth in the economy of maybe five, six, seven, eight percent, which we haven't been able to muster in the last 10 years, uh, which gives me hope that the economic system and the financial system, which has been damaged by a series of crises here, um, will heal itself uh, and we'll get back to a better situation. So do you think, uh, last, last question here, Don, and this, this is real short. April showers, bring May flowers, meaning that the, the market might uh, go down here in April uh, and then maybe rebound in May? Or do you think that, you know, maybe it's sell in May, walk away, and that's where we see you know, uh, we see some volatility, but May is going to be where we maybe see the bottom. Yeah, so the, uh, the, the market recovery is path dependent on how quickly we can um, slow down uh, the rate of increase in the coronavirus, you know, um, kind of like China does, has done, uh, and how quickly our economy can get restarted and whether or not these programs that are put in place give us a boost which everyone's expecting. I personally think that the economy is going to um, uh, heal itself or grow uh, in fits and starts. It won't be a V-shaped recovery, which everybody's expecting. But I do believe, yeah, I do believe that there's going to be a W where 
we get a really significant um, uh, bear market rally that lasts quite some time, maybe uh, a couple of quarters um, or at least a quarter. Uh, and we could see a, a run back to highs almost. Um, and then I think the market will essentially come into the reality that the economy has been severely damaged and it's going to take a couple of years for it to really grow its way into recovery. Um, and so you might see another significant decline there. The key is to protect capital. If you don't lose too much capital, when the market does recover and the economy does recover, whether it's six months from now or two years from now, you'll be in a great position to take advantage of a unbelievable return set, similar to what we had, you know, in the 80s and 90s, or similar to what we've seen, you know, in, um, you know, the last few years where we've had, you know, pretty uh, stunning um, bull market trends. But this time it won't be based on smoke and mirrors and uh, Federal Reserve monetary policy alone. It'll be based on real uh, growth in the economy, uh, growth in corporate earnings and revenue, and some really good fundamentals, which would be, you know, uh, much more healthy than what we've been through in the last 10 years. People tend to look at the markets, and uh, if returns look good, they're all good with that, and they don't look under the cover. It's our job to, uh, you know, analyze what's going on. And the risk that we have uh, been taking to get the returns over the last four or five years have been very high. And sooner or later, you know, um, even though the risk didn't uh, happen in 2018, and we saw only a 20% decline, um, this market decline is going to essentially wash a lot of that risk out, the overvaluation in the markets. And we'll get to start from a clean slate with a um, tremendous value buying opportunity, which I look for. It's happened a couple of times in my career. Um, we, we saw it in um, uh, 2002 off the bottom. We saw it again in 2009 off the bottom. And these are tremendous opportunities to make money as an investor. All right. Well, thank you, Don. I think there's a lot to drill down into here topically as uh, we, we continue to uh, cut a few new bull bear radios here and we'll be back with an, another episode shortly. Well, thanks for listening. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time, and there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations services and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc.